see everyone here this morning. Uh, today we're starting a new series on Advent. How many people know what Advent is? Anyone? So basically what it is, is just the beginning of really just the holiday season, Christmas, of the first arrival of Jesus Christ. You know, we believe that there's going to be another arrival, but the first arrival, the first coming of Jesus, and then we're starting today with a message that we've entitled an invitation to hope. Now, I know there's a lot of different thoughts of what hope is, so we're going to really define that today, and hopefully you can leave with an understanding of what true biblical godly hope is. How many people would like to know that? Yeah? So it's interesting because when we think about, the, like Pastor Jasmine had mentioned, you know, when we think about the Christmas season, we think of many different things. This could be a great season for a lot of people, but it could also be a season of really just depression, a season of anxiety, a, a season of loneliness. So we want to be able to make sure that we point everyone, whether you have your, 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 your life together or whether you don't, to Jesus. Because how many people know that the reason we celebrate Christmas is because of Jesus, right? And it's not just the, the arrival and, and him being born in this season, because how many people know that had Jesus been born and nothing else would have happened, us as the human race, we would be no better. Right. So when we think about Christmas, it's not just him coming to the earth in human form, but it's also that he died on that cross and resurrected to give us the life that he wanted to give us. Can we all say amen to that? Right. Because without that, I, I don't know. We would all be lost and we would all be going to a place that none of us really want to go. Right. But thank God that he came on this earth and he really just had love because that's really the, the the true definition of christmas is love he loved us enough that even though we're not perfect he came to redeem us he came so that we could have a relationship with him so with that being said we want to just kind of just get into a little bit into the christmas story but and then i want to share a story that really exemplifies hope so if you look at luke chapter one we're not going to read it just for the sake of time but luke chapter one you can start really in verse 26. It's the story of the angel Gabriel coming to visit Mary. And it's interesting because whenever an angel shows up in the Bible, one of the first things they always say is, fear not. Right? And the reason they would say that is because we're not dealing with baby angels who have diapers and harps. Right? These are some really big creation, creations. Right? So when... The angel Gabriel applies, uh, 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 arrives and really sees Mary, and he says, listen, I'm here to bring you good news. How many people know that Mary was a little bit fearful, right? And him showing up, really, Mary knowing, you know, just because she had been studying the, the writing, she knew what that meant when he began to tell her that uh, the, the Son of God would be born, right? Or would come, and, and she would be the one that would birth him, um, but it's, it's kind of amazing because when the angel shows up to Mary, he says, you've been chosen for this time. You've been chosen for this season, right? And I like what Luke chapter 1 verse 37 says. Verse 37 and verse 38. So I'm going to read it here, and then I also want to read it in the Amplified, but I've got to get my app open here. because. So the Bible says here in Luke 1 37, for no word from God will ever fail. I don't think that's a good thing. Right? To have that promise that no word from God will ever fail. Verse 38 says this. 
I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left. This is what the Amplified says. For with God, nothing is ever impossible. And no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. Right? So if we think about that, that there's no word from God that is without power. There is no word from God that is without the impossibility of fulfillment. Right? So that's what I want to talk about today is hope. Right? Because what is hope? Right? Because when Mary heard that, that word, how many people know that her life was filled with probably some fear, some anxiety, some confusion, but at the same time, it was also filled with excitement and hope, right? Because she didn't have too many people she could share this with. I mean, she tried sharing it with Joseph, and I even know that Joseph didn't respond really the best way possible. He was wanting to divorce her. He was like, well, you know, I mean, really? Someone's going to impregnate you? How many people know that's kind of an unlikely way to, to, to get pregnant is someone, and, and the Holy Spirit just coming upon you, and now you're pregnant, right? So when that is mentioned to Joseph, I could just imagine he's thinking, listen, I was born in the morning, but it wasn't this morning, right? So I don't know if I could believe that story. So, and then she tries maybe sharing it with her family, and her family is probably filled with shame, thinking like, how could this happen? You're not married yet. So, I, I, you know, she's kind of just filled with, who can I run to? So she goes to visit Elizabeth, right, her cousin Elizabeth, who also is having a miraculous birth. But it's amazing because if you put all the characters together, right, they're all filled with that confusion. They're all filled with that anxiety. They're all filled with maybe a little bit of fear. But they're also filled with some excitement and hope of what is to come next, right? So when we think about hope, what is hope? Right? Well, let's look at what Romans says. Romans chapter 4. It says, now this is the story I want to focus in, really, for the majority of the message. It's the story of Abraham. And it says, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed, and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Right? So hope is this, right? If we were to look up just the word hope in the natural in what we've called the worldly definition, it would be wishful thinking. You could just say, you know, you hear people say, um, I'm hoping I have a good day today. I'm hoping that no one, you know, makes me mad as I'm driving to work. I'm hoping I pass my test today. I'm hoping I get this raise. How do you know that's just worldly hope? There's that wishful thinking that I'm hoping that something goes right for me today. But biblical hope, or, or we would call godly hope, is this confidence expectation, right? This just this, just knowing that it's going to happen, right? Because the Bible says here about Abraham that against hope, he believed in hope. You know, it's almost contradicting itself. So it's saying, against all hope, in hope he believed. So really what it's saying is, against all wishful thinking, he had his confidence that God was going to do what he told him he was going to do. Right? And that's a great promise to have, to know that I can bank on God doing what he said he was going to do. You know, just kind of researching this message, this generation, I don't know, is it known as Generation Z? Is that what it's known? Whatever it's known. The, the people born after 9-11, they have a trademark known as hoping and coping. Right? I'm hoping 
to cope. I'm hoping that, that something goes right for me. I'm hoping that there's a job available for me when I graduate. I'm hoping that I have enough money to be able to afford just to be able to live a, a nice life. I'm hoping that, that I can meet someone and, and have a successful marriage. I'm hoping that my life ends up being something of significance, right? There's just that hope of I'm hoping uh, of something good happening. But how many people know that, that our hope, if it's based on God and his promises, you're going to have a good life. You're going to have success. You're going to have what God said you're going to have, right? Now, let's continue this story about uh, uh, Abraham. If we go to Hebrews chapter 6, this is the writer of Hebrew. He's kind of going to really expound on the story of Abraham. And it says here in, in Hebrews chapter 6 that we want you, we want each of you to show this same diligence to the very end so that what you hope for may be fully realized. Verse 12 said, do not, we do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those through faith and patience inherit what had been promised. So here we have Abraham, right? The Bible says here in, in verse 11 that, in fact, the, the New King James says that he was full of insurance, right? That God was going to do what he said he was going to do. How many people know that when you're full of confidence, when you're full of that insurance, that God is going to do what he said he's going to do. You can live your life, right, a whole lot easier than having to live this stress of like, how is this going to happen? How is, how is this going to happen? Because in the natural, when God spoke to Abraham and Sarah, they were both 75 and 65. How many people know that by that age, you're ready to retire. You're not ready to have a kid, right? You're, you're ready to just say, hey, I'm ready to have grandkids, not have my own first kid, Right? But yet, in the natural, Abraham and Sarah had done everything they possibly knew to bring this child to pass, right? God has spoken to them about, you're going to have a child. Their names even spoke about how they would have many descendants. But yet, to this point, when they're 75, 75 and 65, they hadn't had anything, right? Now they're getting to the age of 100 years old and 90, right? Abraham was almost 100. Sarah was 90. And how many people know, it's, they've waited 25 years. So they've had this nursery ready for 25 years, waiting for this, this child to be born, and nothing has happened yet. It's real easy to get discouraged. It's real easy to get frustrated. It's real easy to even maybe question whether God said what he said. Am I right? Look, I'm not the best at waiting. I don't know about you, but I don't like to wait. There's been times where I've had to wait five minutes, and I'm like thinking, like, what's taking them so long, right? I mean, how many people know we do not live in a microwave world when it comes to waiting on God? Because God's going to work at his timetable. So, you know, God knows that you're going to get what you're going to get at the time he needs you to get that, right? So we see here in verse 11 and in verse 12, right, that just to have that confidence, to have that fulfilled, just to know that God is going to do what he's going to do. But the Bible says here, don't become lazy. Don't become slothful in your waiting, right? Do not become lost, uh, lazy and slothful in your waiting because it's real easy to just say, well, I'm just going to lay back and, you know, if it comes, it comes. But no, what we need to do as, as believers is to say, God, I know you spoke it. I'm going to continue to speak it until it happens. 
right? And it said there uh, uh, in verse, I think it was verse 11. If, if we go back to verse 11, it says, uh, this same diligence to the very end. How many of you know, to the very end, not until halftime, not until, you know, maybe if you, you may have to go into overtime, triple overtime to see your promise come to pass, right? But it's just that, that matter of waiting, that matter of saying, God, I don't know how long it's going to take. Hopefully it doesn't take 25 years like it took Abraham. But if it takes 25 years, I'm going to believe you. I'm going to have that hope of that, the, the confident expectation that you're going to come through. That you're going to do what you said you were going to do. Amen? Verse 13 says this. When God made his promise to Abraham... Since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself. But let me just stop there, okay? So if, if you go back to Genesis 22, uh, this is the, the actual place where God gave the, 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 the promise to Abraham. And he had told Abraham, I'm giving you a promise. But I'm not just going to give you a promise. I'm also going to give you an oath, right? Now, when we think about oath, this is what I wrote down here, right? God took an oath. That he would keep his promise, thus binding himself by his word to keep his word, right? So it's kind of amazing because if we continue to read here in verse 14, it says here, um, Surely I will, surely, saying, surely I will bless you and give you many descendants. Verse 15. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what he had been promised, right? So we see here that Abraham right it is is receives this promise from god god has said abraham i'm going to give you this this child you and your wife we're going to i'm going to bless you with this son right and as abraham is waiting god says and not only am i going to give you that promise i'm going to back it up with an oath right now when we think about an oath here just in, in our system some people know we think about the court system where when you go to be a witness they kind of put your hand on the bible and they say you know you promise to tell us the truth right no, yeah Right, and they're like, you, you have to give an oath, and if you're found lying, you're you're, you're found of oh, what is it, perjury, right? And then you can face some some time in, in prison, right? But God said, I'm not only going to back up my promise with 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 anything, I'm going to back it up with me, right? So I'm going to co-sign the promise myself because who else can I have co-sign for me? Because there's no one greater than me, so therefore I'm going to give you my promise. I'm going to give you an oath, and that oath saying that i am going to do what i said i am going to do it's amazing right because you can you can kind of just look at an individual if they give you a, a, a word and depending on how much you trust them will depend on what if you actually do what they they ask you to do right if i was to ask you hey meet me here tomorrow at 3 p.m depending depending on how well you know me depending on how much you trust me will depend if you show up at three some people may text me and say, hey, are we still on for three, right? Five minutes before three o'clock, people are texting. Are you going to be there, right? They may not know me. They may not know if I'm truthful to my word. But how many people know that you don't need to text God and ask him, God, are you going to do this? Because God is going to show up. God is going to do what he said he's going to do, right? So when he gave us that oath, he was saying, hey, listen, I am backing it up by my word. And that, that might not mean a whole lot. But think of it this way, right? That when God backed up that promise by his oath, right? He spoke the world into existence by his voice, by his word. So everything that is created 
right, is backed up by his word. So if God was to fail in, in being able to come through for Abraham, everything would cease to exist. The world would cease to exist. We would all cease to exist. Everything as you know it would cease to exist. So God put so much faith. It, it, in fact, God wanted Abraham to have so much faith in him to know that, listen, what I told you is going to happen is going to happen. So you could hope in the fact that I'm going to come through for you. Amen? Let's continue reading here in verse 16. It says, people swear by someone greater than themselves, right? Uh, people swear by someone greater than themselves, and the oath confirms what is said, and it puts an end to our arguments, right? Verse 17, because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. Verse 18, God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hope of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. So here, here's what I'm trying to say, right? So when God gave this promise to Abraham and he backed it up with an oath, it wasn't just for Abraham, it was also for us. And that we could trust God to say, God, if, if, if you're a man that would not lie, God, if you can come through for Abraham, which, which was seemed impossible that somebody at that age could have a child, right? But yet God came through for them, right? And just like the, the people of Israel who had been waiting for, for centuries and centuries for the Messiah to come, if God could come through for them, how many of you know that God can come through for you? Whatever you're, whatever you're, you're kind of maybe praying for, whatever you're, you're waiting for, it could be finances, it could be a loved one, it, it, it could be your job, it could just be for a better life. How many people know that if you just believe that God is able to do what his word says he can do, he's going to do it, Amen. right? Because he's not someone who can lie. Because if he was to lie, then everything would cease to exist. And, and it's kind of, I was thinking about this this morning. If everything was, was to cease to exist, and then the problem I'm, I'm, I'm facing wouldn't even be there anymore because I wouldn't need, I wouldn't be here either, Right? So it's one of the things where your problem is not going to be there one way or the other because God's going to come through or because you're not going to be there to even deal with that problem. Amen? All right? So we have this, this hope of just saying, God, I, I know that I can have that confident expectation. It's not this wishful thinking of hopefully God can come through for me. Hopefully God can do what he said he's going to do. But this, this just this expectation of saying, God, I can bank on the fact that you're going to do that because your word says it. Your word is not, you're not somebody who would lie. So therefore, I can, I can stand upon it knowing that, that you're someone that, that is faithful to everything you have said. Everything you have said. Why? Because it's backed up by his character. Right? Like I, like I mentioned earlier, when, when you, you may not know me, you may not know my character, but how many people know that if we were just to look at his word, God has phenomenal character. God, I mean, if, any, if anyone has character, it's God, right? You know, I, I was thinking about this a couple of days ago, and I was talking to someone that if we were to start a church, right, one of the greatest things you could teach new believers is God's character, right? You could teach who God is, but teach them his nature, his character. Why? Because if you understand his nature, if you understand his character, and then everything else just falls into place. 
because you're not questioning well i wonder why god wrote that i wonder why god would say that because you know that god is a good god you know god is a god of love you know that god is is really just going to do everything he said amen so we can just bank on god's character knowing that he is a good god and that he is going to do everything that he said he's going to do now let me give you a couple of things that the, what the bible says about hope number one is that hope is an anchor right hope is an anchor and that's found in in uh, hebrews 6 19 so just the right ne the next verse says we have this hope as an anchor for the soul firm and secure it enters into the inner sanctuary behind the curtain right but we have this hope as an anchor for our soul now what is an anchor an anchor is you know used for people who are on on water on sea right you throw that anchor and it's supposed to help you during storms it's supposed to help you from from your boat uh drifting or, or capsizing am i right right so if we have this this anchor for our souls if we have this anchor for ourselves how many people know that it's it's there to help us to be really just firm and secure so our our, our anchor is in god so if you haven't got this already right our hope is not just some some wishful thinking but our hope is a person it's jesus right we can bank on jesus being our hope because hope is a person and that hope is an anchor to our souls where you know it's kind of interesting because when you think about christian symbols you think about the cross you think about the fish right but did you know that the anchor was also a, a, a christian symbol back in the early church in fact you know they found over 66 pictures of of anchors in the catacombs right why why would they do that the reason they would do that is it was so to remind the early believers the early christians that where their hope was supposed to be based in right so whenever they would go down to the catacombs they would see these pictures of anchors it was always a reminder of my hope is in christ my hope is is, is in someone that's not going to fail me my hope is in someone that's going to come through for me right so there, there's an anchor for every storm so if there's a storm coming in from the north, from the east, from the west, from the south, there's an anchor from each of those storms. Now you may be asking, where are these all these storms coming from, right? Well, who knows? Sometimes you go through seasons in life where you're getting it from every direction, right? But the great thing is there's an anchor for each one of those things where God says, there's a promise that I'm going to come through for you whether you're sick. There's a promise for you. I'm going to come through for you, whether maybe it has to do with relationships, right? There's an anchor for you, whether you're believing for, for really just peace and joy in your life, right? There's an anchor for all those things, and that's Jesus. Amen? That, I don't know about you, but that, that, that brings me peace, and that brings me joy. You know, I don't know if I, I think I've mentioned this before, but back in um, September, uh, my, my mom passed away right and for for many years she had been kind of losing her memory and and for many years i had been praying for healing to come into her life and even until the last days we were believing for her to be healed right now ultimately she's now on the other side of eternity and she's healed now right but if somebody was to ask me do you still believe in healing you know what my answer would be yes my, my answer is yes even though me believing for my mom didn't change it I still believe in healing. I still know that God is faithful. I still know God is good. I still know that God is going to come through. Why it didn't happen? 
That, that's not for me to understand. That's for me to say, God, that, that's, that's between you, you and my mom. But what I do know is that God is a healer. What I do know is God is good. What I do know is that I can trust God to know that if I pray to him, I could have that just that confident expectation that God is going to do what he said he's going to do, right? I could have that hope, right, as an anchor that, that can just bring peace and, 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 and joy and just a comfort to my life to know that it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. You know, I, I believe that's going to be one of the words that, 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 that I'm going to just say, God, it's going to be okay because I don't understand everything. You know, there's a verse that's found in Psalms that says that the Lord will perfect that which concerns me, right? That God is going to bring peace to that which is going on in my mind. God is going to work it all out, whether it's through my liking or through my timetable or not. I, that, that's up to God. But God is going to work it all out. Amen? So this Christmas season, regardless of what you're going through, right, or whatever is happening in, in, in this world, we can bank on the fact that God is our anchor and that we are going to be okay because we put our faith in someone that is going to keep us from being unmovable unshakable right steadfast unchanging that's God's character he does not change he does not lie God is going to come through one way or the other right but the fact that God is our anchor right and our anchor doesn't go down it goes up Right? Our anchor goes up to Jesus. To say, God, just because you're seated next to the Father doesn't mean that you've left us. You've given us the Holy Spirit that can lead us, that can direct us, that continues to speak to us, to, to, to kind of open our eyes to everything that's going on around us. Every morning I wake up and I say, God, open my eyes to what you want me to see. Right? Give me the words from heaven to be able to speak what you, I need to speak. Now, I don't always get it right. I'll be the first one to tell you, I don't always get it right, right? But that, that's what makes this powerful, because even Abraham and his believing, he didn't always get it right. In fact, you know, it's kind of funny, some of the, the, the things that he did. Um, he tried to sell his wife two times. How many people know that's not going to go over well, <laughs> right? So if somebody could say, hey, he wasn't perfect, you know, hey, I mean, that's, some, that's a good example to say, if God is using him as an example for hope, right, for somebody who wasn't always, he didn't always get it right. You know, he tried to, he, he had another son through another uh, a, a woman because he was trying to make it happen, right? He had Ishmael. So he had all these kind of the, these mistakes, but yet he's an example for hope. He's an example of somebody who said, yeah, I messed up. I, I, I blew it. But at the end of the day, I still trusted that God was going to come through for me. Amen. All right. So this is number two. Here's number two. So hope is an anchor. The next one is do not move away from hope. Right? Do not move away from hope. Now, it's easy to kind of get distracted. It's easy to get frustrated. It's easy to get into a season of disappointment. But do not move away from hope. Because this is what the Bible says in Colossians chapter 1, verse 23. This is the Apostle Paul. He says, if you continue in your faith, establish and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard, and that this has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven, and, and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. So Paul is admonishing these believers 
do not move away from hope. Listen, don't move away from God. Don't move away from his promises. It can be easy to just kind of just say, well, you know, just forget it. I don't even know why I believed. I'm just going to give up from all this. It's easy, right? But just like I said before, you stay until the end, right? Not at halftime, not until, you know, you think the game should have been over. You, you stay in this thing until the very end, regardless of how long it takes. Do not move away from hope. Do not lose that hope, that confident expectation that God is faithful, that God is good, that God is going to do what he said he's going to do. Amen? Don't, don't move away from it because there's many people that have moved away from it. There's many people that have kind of, you know, you, you see them in church one week, you know, and then you don't see them again for another year. And you're like, what's happened? Well, I got frustrated. Well, you know, God didn't come through. It's not over yet. You're still living. God still has time, right? The game's not over yet, right? So don't move away from hope. Don't give up. And, and I say this because in this time and in this season, there's so many things that can be a distraction. There's so many things that can kind of fill your mind that, that, that you know, the enemy will just fill your mind with, well, you know, it's just, it's, it's you. God, God can come through, but it's just you. You know, you're not, you're not up to par to receive what God wants from you. I mean, well, no, that's a lie, right? God can come through for any single person as long as that person stays in that faith and that hope, right? Or, or, you know, the enemy will bring back lies. Well, it's the sin you committed last week, that lie you told. Or, or it might have been this, what you did when you were, you know, younger, that, you know, I don't know if it's still been forgiven. But you cannot move from the hope, right? You, you have to have that, that. The Bible also calls hope, like that helmet above your, your, your head there. Well, why, why would you think there would be a helmet of hope? Because we're supposed to block our thoughts, right? You can't just let anything come into your mind. In fact, if you allow anything to come to your mind, it'd be like weeds, right? They just start growing, and before you, you know it, they've eaten, they pretty much have taken over your garden, and, and every good thing you had, now you're having to redo it again. Am I right? Just like Dan spoke about the fertile soil, right? It takes work to have that fertile soil. Right? It takes work to remove those weeds. And you have to be, be uh, diligent and mindful to kind of know what you're thinking about. You can't just think about anything. You can't just watch or hear anything. And, and, and a lot of people think of that as just restrictions. But that's protection. That's protection, right? To say, listen, I'm going to watch what I see. I'm, I'm going to watch what I hear. I'm going to be mindful of these things because ultimately I want that helmet of, of hope on my on on me in, in, in my mind so that I can think on what God wants me to think about so I'm not distracted to believing something that I shouldn't believe to believe these lies that you're not good enough to believe these lies that you're not forgiven to believe these lies that God's not going to do what he said he's going to do right so don't move away from the hope right we have that hope as an anchor don't move away from that hope the third one is hope does not disappoint it doesn't disappoint it's not going to let you down the bible says in romans chapter 5 and hope does not put us to shame isn't that a great verse hope is not going to put you to shame right now you may think it's going to put you to shame because you're like well, i've been waiting everyone knows i've been waiting it still hasn't happened but in, it, it, unless you've already passed away right there's still time for something to happen 
right? So, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us, right? So we have God's, we, we have God's love backing up that hope of it's not going to disappoint. Why? Because it's a, it's a person. And because God can't disappoint, God can't put you to shame, God's not going to let you down, right? We can bank on the fact that we can have that, just that, that confident expectation that God is going to come through for us. Man, so I've said all this to say this, right? That when we think about hope, there's three things. And I didn't put them up there, but there's three things, right? You got to have that expectation. You, you have to have that expectation. Two, you got to have that trust. And three, you got to have that patience, right? So you got to have the expectation, you got to have the trust, and you got to have the patience. Because otherwise, hope is not going to do its perfect work. Hope is just going to be a wishful thinking. But when you think about the confident expectation of what hope could be, especially in this season of Christ coming to the earth, like I mentioned before, since, since before the, the foundations of the world, right, God already had a plan to bring his son into the earth to redeem us because he knew mankind would fall. He knew mankind would, would fail, right? But the plan was already there. And if you can imagine all the men and women from the Old Testament, they, they had that expectation that God was going to come, maybe in not their own lifetime, right? They, they spoke on these prophecies. They, 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 they kept passing on these oral traditions and, and these writings of the Messiah is going to come back one day. The, the Messiah is going to be there to rescue us. And even though they never experienced it, right? How many people know they didn't experience it? Yet they, they held on to that hope, that confident expectation that God was good, that God was going to be there for them. And, and then finally, when it does show up, it shows up to Mary and, and, and to, you know, Joseph and, and, and to Elizabeth, right? There's that excitement of we're the generation that's going to experience the Messiah, right? Now, not everybody understood, not everybody kind of believed, not everybody accepted it. But how many people know that our generation, we need to have that, 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 that just that expectation, that, that excitement that God is going to move. Because if there's ever been a time that God needs to move, people know it's right now, right? I mean, people have just kind of cast out this generation of like, well, you know, it's only going to get worse. It's only going to get worse. Things can't get better. And, and, you know, people are being saved all over the world, but yet we probably don't see it in our own region. But I don't even know that God can do something here in Reno. But it takes a group of people to say, God, we're going to have that hopeful expectation we're gonna have that that belief that if you can do anything you're gonna do something here in reno that if you're gonna do anything you can do something in my life not because i'm perfect not because i'm righteous not because i have it all together not because i've memorized you know the 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 book of the bible not because of any of that but because you have that belief you have that constant expectation that confident expectation and you continually are voicing it out and saying god if you do anything do it through me if you do anything do it in this city do it in this state do it in this country amen all right because it all points back to jesus right it's, it's not listen it, it is not about us it really isn't if we take our eyes off of us and say, God, it's all about you and, and how you want to move and how what you want to do, 
and we're just going to surrender our lives and say, God, listen, I know that I may have things that I may be believing for. I know there may be things that I'm kind of experiencing, but I'm going to trust you. I'm going to put my faith in you, knowing that my faith is going to fuel my hope. And, and I'll be able to stand firm because of that anchor, knowing that I'm not going to be disappointed, knowing that I'm not going to be moved away, because I know that you are not a God that would lie. You're not someone who is going to disappoint me. You're not someone who's just going to come up short, right? He's not going to come up short. He's going to do everything he said he's going to do, whether it's in your timetable or, or not. That, that's irrelevant because God is going to do what he said he's going to do. Amen? Amen? All right, let's all stand up. We're going to pray. And if you need prayer, please, after we dismiss, you could come up to the front. And, and my, Pastor Jasmine, myself, will be willing to pray for anybody. So if you're like, I need someone to pray with me, to stand with me because I'm believing for something. I want you to come up here, right? I don't want you to be ashamed. But how many people know that sometimes we can pray together? And, and God can move, right? That, I mean, this Christmas season, like I said, it could be about a lot of different things, but let's make it about Jesus. Let's make it about Jesus. Amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for all that you're doing in and through us, Lord God. I thank you that our hope is in you, Lord God. It's not in what we can do. It's not on our strength. It's not on our abilities, Lord God. Lord God, it's not this wishful thinking, but God, it is this confident expectation, Lord God, that you're going to do everything you've said you're going to do, Lord God, in and through us, Lord God. Whether it involves finances, whether it involves relationships, whether it involves children, Lord God, whether it involves uh, uh, jobs, Lord God, we just stand upon your promises, Lord God, that you're a good God. We stand upon your promises, Lord God, that you're going to work everything out that is going through our minds. Lord God, that we don't have to worry, that we don't have to doubt, that we don't have to fear or live in anxiety or depression or, or frustration. Because, Lord God, you're not a God that disappoints. You're not a God, Lord God, that doesn't come through. But you're a God that is powerful, Lord God, that you could stand out, Lord God, and do all that you said you're going to do. Father God, we just say yes to your promises. We say yes, Lord God, to you, to you doing, Lord God what you're going to do in and through us, Lord God, and in this city. We thank you, Lord God, that we are able to cry out with boldness and to say, Lord God, thank you even before, Lord God, anything has happened, Lord God, for your promises are yes and amen. And we just give you thanks in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.